Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. This is your time. This is your time. I have never seen such widespread fear in my lifetime. That's being promoted by man under the influence of principalities of darkness. They don't realize what they're doing, but but it's happening anyway. And I'm going to encourage you again to go to gbdeclaration.org, gbdeclaration.org. It's the great Barrington Declaration that was, that was put together as initially three physicians who assembled in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, and they wrote a, a declaration because they saw the, the public policies that were being implemented, and they said, and they said this is detrimental to public health. There's no reason for these extreme policies and they've, they've written about it at, on that website and they have at least, the last time I looked it was close to 40,000 physicians who have signed it, 40,000 for zero, and plus another 13 some thousand health professionals. But the reason I bring that up, I, can, I, I say two th- things to you by the Spirit of God but some people uh, would like to have some other kind of validation. I'm telling you this whole thing has been a, a, a strategy of the enemy to make you afraid and to isolate you. But these physicians, and they're not, not to my knowledge, I don't know what they believe, but as, under, as they say, they're on both sides of the spectrum, left and right. Um, but they, they talk about the actual truth about covid they said if, if you'll get away from all the inflated numbers, the, the truth, if you study the facts about this around the world, the death rate is less than 0.2%. Less than 0.2. Those above 70, it's less than 05 And they, they go into it and they talk about how numbers are, and data is assessed. We're talking about something with a 99 point what? Eight something, survival right. We're talking about something that should not make anyone afraid. Again, I understand there are, there, there are a need for, for us to be aware and take certain precautions for certain things, but this is way, 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 way. Way, way, way uncalled for. Way uncalled for. Way uncalled for. There is no scientific justification for this. I've got to say what I want to say because you need to hear someone tell you this. You've been bombarded with with false information. Bombarded with it. And the Holy Spirit will never do that to you. But you're the only one who can decide who you're going to listen to. 
See, the reality is there are millions and millions and millions of people that are entering and leaving this world every day. Arrivals and departures. Births and deaths that happen every day. For all kinds of reasons. It was never God's plan for any of us to die. And don't, don't let anyone fool you. God has nothing to do with this foolishness that's going on. It's a strategy of the enemy to distract you from the voice of your Father. This is your time. If this is your time and I was your enemy, I'd do everything I could to keep you from realizing that this is your time. Satan's trying to push a big fat pause button on your destiny. We're not going to let him do it. Why? Because we're full of the Holy Spirit. We don't listen to the world. Can I challenge you to not listen to the news for a week? Couldn't you handle that? I might die. <laughs> You'll be in his presence. What could be better? Can you, can, can you make it without listening to the news for a week? I don't care what source it is. Why are you listening to it? Because you don't know there's a better source of news coming straight from the throne of heaven. When you become intimate with the voice of the Holy Spirit, and then and you won't want to hear any other news. Because you realize there's nothing like heaven's news source. It's pure, it's untainted, it's perfect in power. It's the word from God's throne to your heart. And the, I'm just speaking to you uh, as, a, as a minister, as a five-fold gift, as a, a pastor to strengthen you. Many have allowed the voices of this world to weaken them to the point where they cannot hear the voice of their Father. And they're making their decisions based on social media and news reports. I can't play man's games with you. I don't have time for that. I'm here to speak to you by the Spirit of the Lord. This is your time. Don't wait for favorable conditions. Don't wait for agreeable weather. This is your time. This is your time to know and experience the reality and the power of God's love for you. This is your time for that. This is your time to know personally who He is what He's done for you and who you are in Him. You don't have time to play games anymore. You don't have time to consider religious tradition anymore. We would be naive to think that because the calendar has changed, this is all going to go away. It's not. You've got to decide to walk in the light. No matter how dark it gets around you. We are children of light. We are born of the light. We are full of the light of heaven. And there is no darkness that can overcome us. In fact, the darker it gets around us, the brighter we get. That's just how it works. This is who you are. It is your time. 
to know and experience the reality and power of God's love for you. This is your time to walk in the wholeness and freedom that belong to you in Christ. Don't wait for things to change. Don't wait for the confusion to die down. This is your time to be all that you were created to be. This is your time. (laughs) Christ came to bring us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. How do I know if I'm walking in the light, you'll be unafraid? You'll be unafraid. And no one's word will be able to make you afraid. Listen, there's no condemnation. Don't misunderstand what I'm doing here. Uh, The Holy Spirit wants to locate us He knows where we're at, but sometimes we don't know where we're at. I was just looking somewhere at a at a map. We were I forget where we were, walking around, and it was one of those maps that you know give you a bird's eye view of of the campus or complex that you're in. But you know those are only valuable if there's a you are here, right? Have you ever seen one of those that don't have a you are here? I have. I said, well, where am I? It's got this beautiful map, it's all color-coded, and, but it doesn't tell you where you're at. A map is useless if you don't know where you are. The most advanced GPS system in the world is useless if it doesn't show you your current location. So we can't just continue in fear and expect everything to be all right. We can't just listen to the word of man and think everything's going to be all right. Fear is a locator. Are you making your decisions based on the word of man and based on fear, or are you making decisions based on the presence of the Lord, on what the Lord has said? And I, I understand, I'm not going to, I'm trying to be as respectful as I can as I go about from place to place during the day and, and people say, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'll just, you know, peacefully say, oh, okay, you know, you know, do what they're saying I need to do within reason. Well, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to say that. <laughs> it's, within, it's not within reason. <laughs> but I understand people are confused and, 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 and I'm not going to, I'll, I'll try and meet them where they're at to, as much as I can. Walk in love and walk in joy and peace. I'm not talking about doing something um, and just defying uh, what a store tells, you know, I need to stand on the little dot. Okay, I'll stand on the little dot and, you know, and whatever. I think the first time I, I noticed the, I think the first time I looked down and said, oh, those air arrows there. And I noticed I was going in the wrong direction of the arrows, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Whose arrows are you looking at? The enemy shoots flaming darts at us of fear. And they usually come through a person. A person's declaration to you of what your life should be like or what you should and shouldn't do. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So I'm not encouraging you to just disregard the signs in the stores or any of those things. What I'm talking to you about is what's going on in your heart and your mind and the decisions you're making about your life on a daily basis. It's time for God's people to move forward and stop listening to the voices of this world to know the Holy Spirit, to be unafraid. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 Starting in verse 1, verse 1, companions as we are in this work with you, we beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. Fear squanders your life. Don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given you. Verse 2, for he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, it means open your eyes wide. Look, look at, study, observe. Now is the accepted time. Behold, open your eyes wide. Look. Now is the day of salvation. What is the apostle talking about? Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a season of time that was put into effect through the ministry, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was not in effect before that. And that season will end when the church is raptured. We're talking about a season of time, let's say, from the dissension of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, chapter 2, to when the church is raptured. This is the time he's talking about. It's a unique time. It will never be again. It never was before. Jesus began his ministry by describing to us this time. The accepted time, the now time, the day of God's salvation. Not talking about a 24-hour period. Let's read the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 about this same time. Verse 14, are you awake at home? <laughs> God's so good. He loves you so much. Luke 4, verse 14. This is after Jesus was tempted by the enemy in the wilderness for 40 days. The devil lost every time he came against Jesus. Every single time. He couldn't beat him. Why? Because Jesus was convinced his father loved him, and you need to be convinced of the same. And Jesus spent time getting to know the voice of his father. You know, there are a lot of things in Jesus' day to get stressed about. His entire nation was under the rule of a pagan government, 
an empire, being oppressed, that's an opportunity to get stressed, right? Not only that, but the religious leaders of his nation couldn't even recognize God. They were oppressing their own people. Lots of, there was a lot in Jesus' day. A lot of opportunities that, that he could have given into. A lot of voices he could have chose to listen to. But he didn't, and we're not either. So here it is, Jesus, Jesus is beginning his ministry. And he returns in the power of the Spirit in verse 14 of Luke chapter 4. Into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the regions round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth in verse 16 of Luke chapter 4, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. When's the Sabbath day? Saturday, right? Why did they start meeting on Sundays in the New Testament? The Lord rose on the first day of the week, right? So on Saturdays, he hadn't risen yet. They, he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, right, is up on me. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news. You know, part of preaching good news is telling you what the bad news is. Is exposing the bad news. I like to do that. That's what I'm doing this morning. Yeah, to shine the light on the bad news, right? To preach the good news to the poor. What's good news to someone who's poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. That Jesus became poor that you might be rich, Right? That he who's, uh, um, what was I going to say, Psalm 20, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He who seeks the Lord shall lack no good thing. That's good news. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So to preach and to heal. To preach deliverance to the captives, freedom, liberty from every bondage and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are, bruised, that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Preaching is the method God has chosen to bring people out of darkness into light, to break bondages and to set people free. You need to have good preaching in your life. If you don't, you're not going to make it. You'll fall away. You need Holy Spirit, fullness of the Gospel, gifts of the Spirit, the finished work of Christ preaching in your life, and you need it regularly. If you're going to fulfill your destiny. You don't need religious tradition. You don't need a politically correct homily. You don't need a seeker-friendly, hello, how are you, nice to meet you, have a nice day message. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to stand against darkness in your private life. 
And you need messages like you're hearing at Highway that will give you the strength to do that. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What is the acceptable year of the Lord? The Amplified says it this way in verse 19. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. And and I love the, we don't have it up there. The day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. You should be writing that down. Luke 4.19 in the Amplified. You need to know what the day is that you're living in. You are here. How are you going to experience it if you don't know where you are? You're here now. What, where are you? You're in the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. You are here. This is your time. This is your time to experience the favor of God, the free favor of God, the profusely abounding salvation and healing of God. This is your day. You are here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, but I want to call your attention to something. Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61. The very first part of Isaiah 61, the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah talked a whole lot about Jesus. Maybe more than any other prophet. The book of Isaiah is referred to as the fifth gospel because there's so much Jesus in it. But I want you to know that in Isaiah 61 verse 2, Jesus said to to proclaim, uh, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord in Isaiah 61.2. It continues and it says, and the day of vengeance of our God. But Jesus didn't say that. He stopped. Hear what I'm saying. I want you to understand where you are in the season you're in. Isaiah the prophet said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Here comes Jesus beginning his ministry, and he says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and he rolls the scroll up. Why didn't he say, and the vengeance of our God? Why didn't he keep reading? Because that is not this season. There will come a season. After the church is raptured, when judgment will come. You need to know that. You can't believe it away. You can't hope it won't come. It has to come. It needs to come. But it's not coming in this season. From the time the Holy Spirit descended until the church is raptured, we are here now. We're in the day of the free favors of God and the salvation of God is profusely abounding unto us. That's why Jesus rolled the scroll up. I'm here to preach that season. And why is that important to know? It, it, it will never cease to amaze me. The, the religious leaders, some of them very well known, that will stand up when the next bad thing happens and say this is the judgment of God. They're wrong. Not too long ago, someone was telling me uh, about a very well-known minister who stood up and, and talked about the Twin Towers being the judgment of God upon this nation. They're wrong. Couldn't be more wrong. That's not the season we're in, and God doesn't do things like that. Stay with Jesus. No, this is the season when God's salvation is overflowing to anyone who would believe. Those those terrible things that happen are the work of the enemy, the work of Satan. 
But if you don't know that, you're gonna not, you won't know where you are on the map. Ha. This is your time to know and experience the reality and power of God's love for you. This is the time to know where you are on the map, the time to walk in the wholeness and freedom that belong to you in Christ. Don't wait for your healing. Take it today. Walk in it today. Declare it today. It's yours. This is the time to be all that you were created to be. Don't allow yourself to be distracted from your divine purpose. In Ecclesiastes, and this is, uh, we didn't have time to get the scriptures back to back there, I apologize, but you're just going to have to stay with me. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, Ecclesiastes 3.11, this is the amplified translation. It's, uh, don't allow yourself to be distracted from your divine purpose is what I'm talking about right now. The Ecclesiastes 3.11 in the Amplified says, He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. This is something God has done with all of us. Planted in our hearts and minds is this awareness of eternity. You can't get rid of it. You can try and squelch it. You can try and drug it away. You can try and stress it away. You can try and do all kinds of things. But underneath it, it, it won't go away. It's, it's planted by God inside of you this awareness of, of the eternal importance of my life. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. If you're I, I speaking to the following generations, to, to the young people, the highway family online and here, boy, the world is fighting for your future. They want your future. They want to tell you how to think, how to dress, how to speak, where to put your money. And they're using every possible vehicle to do it. I want to speak to young, this is for all of us, but to the young people, don't allow the voices of this world to pull you off course from your divine purpose. As a young person, I became determined to know my divine purpose. And I had a lot of options. But I decided that I've got to know the one who made me. That nothing could be more important in this world than knowing the one who made me. And I began to take steps to get to know him. And one of those steps is hearing messages like you're hearing now. And reading your hard copy Bible. Where's my hard copy Bible? Young people, just read it. You say, well, I don't understand it. Keep reading it. Sometimes it takes a while to unclog a drain. Yeah, you know, you get that stuff and you pour and it says, you know, come back in 15 minutes. Well, sometimes it works, but sometimes you got to put another dose in there. Sometimes you got to get out the hardware, you know, and, and take the, the lid of the drain off. And you got to put this snake down in there. You got to move that thing around and get that loose. When you're reading the Word of God, all kinds of things are happening that you may not realize. And it's okay if you don't understand it, just keep reading it, it will break. 
The confusion will break because this word is alive. It's living. It's powerful. It's quick. And it will, it, will, it will unclog your drain so that life can flow in your mind, in your spirit, and to your body. Hallelujah. Don't be quick to put it away. Stay in it. Young people. Hallelujah. Come on, 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old. This is your time to know your Father. This is your time to walk in His glory. Hallelujah. There is a divinely implanted purpose in you. And nothing under the sun can satisfy it but God alone. Nothing under the sun can unveil it and unfold it and reveal it apart from a relationship with the one who put it in there. This is your time. This is your time. You understand that the Holy Spirit is the most important person to you. Holy Spirit is the most important person in this earth to you. Christ lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the person of the Holy Spirit. We cannot be unfamiliar with him any longer. He has been shut out of many churches because he doesn't agree with their tradition and their doctrine. The door is open wide for him here at Highway. People are realizing more and more every day how much they need the Holy Spirit. The time for seeker-friendly church is long gone. It's long gone. It's time for people to drink of the rivers of the living water of the risen Christ. And His name is Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to lead you into that divinely implanted purpose inside of you. He came to lift the veils from our eyes so that we would see the reality of God's love for us, what He did for us through His Son, and who we are now in Christ. That we would walk differently, talk differently, do things differently. That we would live by confidence in Him. Jesus repeatedly emphasized the importance of the Holy Spirit. Why has the church not done so? John chapter 16. This is Jesus talking. The one that we sing to. The one that we declare Lord. The sovereign Lord. Adonai Jehovah. John chapter 16 verse 7. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. At this point in time, he's on earth as a man, fulfilling two, two important roles. One, as our substitute, and two, as our example. But he says, John 16, verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. For you, he's talking to the disciples that are around him who've been watching him raise the dead, make people whole and set people free. And he looks at them and he says, it is expedient for you that I go away. 
For if I go not away, the capital C Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. This word expedient in the King James is fascinating. But if you look up the definition of this English word, it speaks of a means of obtaining an end. In other words, he's talking about the way to accomplish the Father's plans is for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. He's saying the way for this divinely implanted destiny inside of you to be fulfilled is by the Holy Spirit coming into your life. It's better for you to be full of the Holy Spirit than to have the person uh, back in the Gospels, the, the man Jesus standing beside you. <laughs> this word expedient, if you trace its etymology, it talks about uh, making an action or a process happen sooner or be accomplished more quickly. Talking about your divine purpose happening sooner and be accomplished more quickly by the Holy Spirit coming into your life. By you giving way to the Holy Spirit. It means to perform quickly. It speaks of a putting in order. It, 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 will, be more expe it will be expedient for you. If I go away, the Holy Spirit will enable the accomplishment of God's divine purpose planted in you. He will, he will enable it to happen more quickly. He will put things in order in your life. If you'll yield to Him. And here's what's interesting about this word. If you trace it back originally, expedient, it talks about freeing your feet from shackles. Loosing of the feet so that you can walk, so that you can go where you need to go and do what you need to do. How blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. We are carriers of the good news of heaven, and we need feet that are free. We need legs that walk, hallelujah, that know where to step and what to do. And that is the Holy Spirit's role. This word speaks of freeing someone from a constraint or difficulty. Listen to this. In the early 17th century, this word spoke of unraveling and untangling and freeing from perplexity. It is expedient for you, that the Holy Spirit would come, that your feet would be set free, that every shackle would be removed from you. He will unravel and remove uh, the perplexities that you've been wrestling with and enable you to go forward into the simplicity of the good news of God's love for you and to walk with Jesus whose yoke is easy and his load is light. It was expedient. For the Holy Spirit to come. 
Verse 7 in the Amplified. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you, that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. Write those down. Comforter. Anybody have a comforter on their bed? Aren't they nice? Don't they bring comforter? They do. Comfort, right? Lay on that bed and pull that comforter up. Ah. The comforter. Holy Spirit will bring you comfort. This world can never give you. He'll cover you and put you at peace and you'll rest in Him each day of your life. The comforter. Counselor. Boy, the money people uh, are paying for counseling. And praise God for good counselors. Not knocking that at all. But I'm telling you, there's no counselor like the counselor, the Holy Spirit. He, he will say things to you that no one else can say, that no test can reveal, that no drug can fix. And we need to know the counselor. You need to know his voice and spend time with the counselor. It's expedient for you. Shackles will be removed by you spending time with the counselor. The helper. I think of hamburger helper. You guys remember here? Is that still around? It, it was a benefit from, from working moms, I, I remember, because why? Because you could create a meal quickly and feed your family. He's the helper. He wants to help you get the things done you need to get done quickly during the day so that your family can be provided for. I mean, it's nothing like a good burger, let's face it, right? Helper. So no sloppy Joe, yeah. He's the advocate. He's your advocate. How many billboards do we see on, on the highway? In pain, call Wayne or whatever. I don't know. Right? You need an advocate. But it's not Wayne. It's the Holy Spirit. Listen, all of us have pains and things we've been through. All of us need someone to speak on our behalf in the realm of the Spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit. He will call you new. He'll call you healed. He'll call you whole. He'll call you blessed. He's your advocate. Intercessor. Writing these down? Time to know the Holy Spirit. We don't have time for church games. Intercessor. He's the one who speaks to the Father on your behalf about things you don't even know about. He's pray- Jesus is praying for you through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is praying for you. He's interceding for you 24-7. He's your strengthener. The one who strengthens you. He's your standby. That means He's with you. Right next to you, making sure. He's in you. I'm just giving you a picture, but he's right there. Have you ever helped someone down the stairs or, or to, to get up from a seat and to go forward? He's your standby. 
He comes up underneath your arms and picks you up and provides you with strength to walk and do the things you need to do. Jesus says, He will not come to you into close fellowship with you unless I go away. This was the Jesus as a man talking back in the Gospels. This is 2,000 years ago, right? I will send them to you to be in close fellowship with you. A little further in John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus continues and he says this, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, comes, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby, he will guide you into all truth. Do you know if you never listened to the news again, you wouldn't miss a thing? Can I inspire you to cultivate an intimacy with the Holy Spirit where every day you're looking to hear from Him? where you're setting aside time to spend with Him, where you're treasuring that time more than any entertainment, more than any voices, more than any news source. What are you saying, Holy Spirit, today? That's all I need to know. I was reminded of this week, but my favorite, probably my favorite Bible teacher uh, in 20th century, 21st century of the last couple centuries would be E.W. Kenyon. E.W. Kenyon, he, I believe he went to heaven in 1948. But uh, another minister that I, uh, one of my favorites is Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, I don't remember when he died, actually. He also was in the early 1900s. Um, but he was an English plumber who got full of the Holy Spirit and began to preach the gospel and had a tremendous ministry uh, of seeing the finished work of Jesus displayed where he would raise the dead and, and do wonderful things that we, we are doing as the Lord directs and moves us forward. But one of the things, a uh, famous minister, I was reminded of that, this conference, uh, Lester Sumrall, if you know who that is, was a powerful man of God who, when he was a young man, came to visit Smith Wigglesworth. And back in the day, they had newspapers, and Lester Sumrall had a newspaper under his arm as he knocked on Smith Wigglesworth's door, and the door was open, and he said, you'll have to leave that outside, the newspaper. Don't bring it in the house. Why would he say that? Every time you give attention to words, a shift takes place. So before I open my eyes, I need to purpose to exalt the words of the Holy Spirit. What God has said to me and what he wants to say to me today. And I can't afford to let anyone else's words carry that same weight. I must hear from God in my daily life. I must. I must hear from God 
in my daily life or I'm clueless? Do you hear from God in your daily life? He is speaking. One of the reasons people have such a hard time hearing from him is because they have given such weight to so many others' words. And I know I'm criticized, but since I've been saved, I haven't listened to the news much at all. It's so low and, and shallow and and incomplete and 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 ugh. but what I have done is spent a lot of time alone in the presence of the Lord and when you get used to that atmosphere and then you hear the latest news reports like how sad that people are actually listening to this that people are actually giving this attention because you've been in the presence of God You've been fellowshipping with Holy Spirit. It's time to know him. Turn the news off. Let the quiet, peaceful presence of the Spirit of God change you. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Boy, has he done that in my life over and over and over again. I knew what was coming because he's the Holy Spirit and I were in fellowship. He will glorify me. This is Jesus talking. And you know that anytime the Holy Spirit speaks... Jesus will be glorified. That's one of the distinguishing characteristics of the Holy Spirit. He exalts Christ. If it's not exalting Christ, it's not the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it, reveal it, make it known to you. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He takes the things of the Father, the things of Jesus, and he makes them known to you in your daily life. Today is Sunday. It's time to spend time with the Holy Spirit. I'd like to tell you things are going to get better in America, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to spend time with the Holy Spirit. My happiness isn't contingent upon the decisions of man, upon political leaders, upon the media. My joy is grounded and flourishing because my joy is in him. My outlook, my hope, my expectation is in the one who made me. And I have to, I have to work on that. It's not automatic. I'm tempted daily to let go of that. I'm tempted daily to consider the surroundings, to consider the words of men, to consider other things. I'm tempted daily just like you. But in each 
opportunity, I have to make myself keep my bearings and trust him. And one of the best ways to do that is to meditate on what he said and to worship him that it's real in your life, that it's for you now. These signs will follow them that believe, Jesus said. In my name they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, Holy Spirit. See, Jesus emphasized the importance of the Holy Spirit regularly. Those who believe will be filled with the Holy Spirit. They'll speak in new tongues. Why is there so much controversy over speaking in tongues? Because people are so unfamiliar with the Holy Spirit. There, there have been denominations that outright come against it and keep people from the very thing Jesus said would be expedient for them to have. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them. This is the risen Jesus. He appeared to his disciples over a period of how many days after he rose from the dead? Forty days, right? Forty days. About seven weeks. It's a long time. And he's about to go back unto the Father. Jesus, the risen Christ now, the glorified Christ, commands his disciples do we treat him with that same reverence today he's commanding his disciples to not depart from Jerusalem but to wait Jesus calls it the promise of the father excuse me Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the promise of the father I love that not a promise the promise The Holy Spirit is God's promise for you. It's the promise of the Father. It is the greatest of all promises, the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. Jesus taught them about the promise of the Father. He taught them that they absolutely needed to receive the Holy Spirit to do the things God called them to do. For John truly baptized with water, and boy, all the fuss in the body of Christ about water. And that's John the Baptist's deal. You want to follow John the Baptist, go ahead. I need fire. I need Holy Spirit. (laughs) How ignorant man is, fighting over John the Baptist. Jesus says, he baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? He said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has put in his own authority. He's talking about that final day. We don't know when that is. It's coming close, I'll tell you that. But there will come a final day after the church is raptured. And even then, there will be a number of things that have to happen in the earth after we're raptured. Okay, but there will come that final day when a new heaven, a new earth are revealed. That's what Jesus is saying. It's not for you to know that day. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. Stop fighting over water and get the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forget the water. Get the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be living examples of me everywhere you go. We're going to finish in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. As I participated in the conference that we're in, the Holy Spirit was just stirring in me to stir you to fellowship and know the Holy Spirit. I understand this might be new to your ears. It might be unfamiliar to you. But I am saying what Jesus said, that you will receive power by fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. That he will bring you into your divine purpose. And what we're going to do in just a few moments here as we read through Acts chapter 2, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about water. I'm not talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit. I want to exhort you to surrender today and to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You cannot fulfill your destiny without Him. You cannot know God intimately apart from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, you can't. Why? Jesus said so. You can know about Him. Some people are baptized in the Holy Spirit or, or close. But there's some wrong thinking that's keeping them from flowing in it. Acts chapter 2. Jesus is ascended back unto the Father. It's probably about 10 days after. And what did they do? They obeyed his command and they waited in Jerusalem. And they're gathered together, 120 of them, in the upper room and they're worshiping God and praying. Chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's stay with Jesus. Let's stay with the Word of God. Why are there tongues speaking in other languages? Why are they speaking in new tongues, Jesus said? Those who, these signs will follow, those who believe in my name, they will speak in new tongues. What is the significance of this? Why didn't their biceps just get huge? Why didn't they just become Arnold Schwarzenegger's with, you know, huge physiques? Why, why tongues? This is, what, do, what did God say in Proverbs 18.21? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God's not a fool. He knows exactly where the power is. He knows exactly what will transform your life. You need a tongue that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
and it needs to be a language that you've never studied. A language you've never studied. Why? So that your mind won't get in the way. So that your natural mind won't try and block it. This has got to be from God's Spirit to your spirit. This is why praying in tongues is vital for every believer. Forget the debates. Forget the controversy. Forget the religious tradition. It's time for Bible days. It's time for Holy Spirit interaction and fellowship. Highway family. It is my heart that every member of this family would be baptized in the Holy Spirit and pray with a tongue on fire. We're going to need this interaction with the Holy Spirit to navigate the rest of this year and the rest of our days on this earth. And if you think there's another way, you're fooling yourself. I'm not going to follow you. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to take his advice. Hallelujah. For time's sake, they, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin speaking in other tongues that they've never studied, that they don't know. And there are uh, people in Israel, in Jerusalem at that time, from other nations that hear the, the praises of God going forward in their own languages and they, they can't figure this out because they know these men don't speak all these languages. And as they're criticizing and laughing and saying these, these people are drunk, Peter stands up, now baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he lifts up his voice and he says, You men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 14, verse 15. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, with fermented fruit, but with the Spirit of God. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. In other words, it's too early. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What you're seeing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues, was prophesied by Joel, Joel in the Old Testament. And it shall come to pass in these last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Are you ready to pray in the Holy Spirit? Would you stand to your feet, please? We are going to, if you haven't already, we're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is for you, for those of you who are at home as well, joining us online. Our life changes when we take the words of Jesus and give them their proper place and forget what man has said. We're giving Jesus his proper place in our lives, and he's commanded us to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we say, yes, Lord.
Yes, Lord. For this is our time to walk in close fellowship and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. To know the Father's love for us. To navigate the days ahead with divine direction. Hallelujah. This is what we're going to do. It's very simple. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, well, how did that happen? Same way. Someone told you that He loves you. Someone told you that He's forgiven you of your sins, right? And you believe that. That's all, that's all that needs to happen. You need a knowledge of what He's done for you, and then you need to believe that, okay? So just as if I came to know Christ, and I remember back in the spring of 89, someone explaining it to me. And what Jesus did for me, how He took my sins on the cross, and, and that if I put my faith in Him, that I become His very own, that I'm made new, and I'm born again my spirit. And that's how you receive uh, Christ. That's how you're born again, is, is believing that Jesus died for you, believing that He rose for you, and that He's forgiven you of all of your sins, and that through simple faith in Him, you're made new. Well, how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Same way, you just believe. You believe just what we read in Acts. And you can read it some more. Read Acts chapter 1 and 2 today. Just read it. Meditate on it. Soak in it. But what we're going to do is we're going to believe in the promise of the Father. It's the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. No greater promise than this promise. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is we're just going to begin worshiping God like they were doing in the upper room in our native language, whatever your primary tongue is, whatever language you know the best. We're going to worship Him in that language, okay? And then I'm just going to say one, two, three, and I'm going to clap my hands. And what I want you to do is to shift from up here to down here. Just open your spirit to the Holy Spirit. Just forget, forget your natural language, forget your native tongue, your primary language, and begin to pray with your spirit. It's supernatural. Don't try and figure it out. Just let it happen. All right? We're going to worship Him in our primary language for a little while, just like they were in the upper room. And then I'm just going to say, one, two, three, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want you from your spirit, not here. From your spirit, open, and you got to open your mouth. You have to keep your tongue moving, okay? Don't do this. Doesn't work. you got to open your mouth. He'll fill it. Believe me, he'll fill it. He'll fill it. All right? So before we do it, give you a little example. We're praising him. Thank you, Father. You're so good. I worship you. I say one, two, three, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I keep I keep speaking. But now I'm not speaking from here. I'm speaking from here. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Okay? From here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. But don't, you know, you may not get a sermon here. Yeah. <laughs> or today. Yeah. But just, just, like, keep it moving. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I didn't understand it. I didn't, didn't have someone teach it to me like I just shared with you. I was like, okay. 
And I, I said a couple syllables. And I was like, okay. And then I asked the guy who was praying with me, I said, so what do I do now? He said, when, when you keep going, he said, when you go home, each day, keep doing it. Just in your, in your private time, just keep, keep going. And, and over time, it grew and just began to flow. And I would not want one day on this earth without it. I pray in the Spirit regularly, as often as I can throughout my day. It, it will absolutely transform your life. So, yeah, if you get a couple syllables out, that's what, fine. Because sometimes it's just our mind fighting it. It's like, I don't know how this works. And you just got to work with, you just got to keep going. Okay? So, yeah, let's do it. So let's start praising him in our primary language. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we magnify your name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name. We exalt you, Jesus Christ. Your word is truth. You are Lord of our tongue. You're Lord of our mind. You're Lord of our body. And you're Lord of our spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Jesus Christ, you're exalted in this place. You're exalted in this highway family. Jesus, we bless you and give you glory. Jesus, we magnify your name. Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, Father, for your promise. Thank you for your spirit in this place, guiding this highway family. Thank you, Lord God, for intimate fellowship with your very spirit. Thank you for ministering to every member of this highway family. Thank you, Lord God, for tongues of fire. Thank you, Lord God, for the promise that you've given us that came through your Son, the promise of your Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Keep praising Him. Keep praising Him. Keep that mouth going. Hallelujah. Glory and honor and power be unto you online. Are you with us? Come on online. Keep praising him. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory be unto Jesus. Glory be unto his name. Glory and honor and power be unto the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's one. There's one. Hallelujah. Keep praising Him. Hallelujah. Glory be unto your name. Come on online. Come on. Be with us. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Here's two. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God forevermore. Here's three. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Pray with your spirit. Gala shima condor, conde la sheke malare, gendi alare shengora, mate alare shengora, ishe alare, godi alare shengora, mete alare, shoshe alare, 
God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you. 